Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading up until 6 o'clock as... The Morning Roast will take you until 10. We got a lot to talk about today because even though the Warriors got the 108-94 to win over the Houston Rockets, who are absolutely tanking the season, no question about it. Only issue is, and you know what, I'm going to say this again. This is, this is the knowledge that I have because I looked it up. But... If the Timberwolves have the worst record in the NBA, and of course the Timberwolves have that pick that's top three protected, so if they get the top three lottery pick, or a lottery pick within the top three, excuse me, then the Warriors do not get that pick. Well, if the Timberwolves have the worst record in the league, the likelihood of them getting the the first overall pick is a lot higher than if they get the second or third, but also the likelihood that they get the fourth overall pick is a lot higher. So I would rather the possibility that they get the first overall pick and the fourth rather than raise the possibility of them getting the second or the third. So if they don't have the worst record in the NBA, uh, the more there's more of a likelihood that they would get the second or third pick. Or, of course, they could win some games and then just put themselves completely out of contention, um, even though you know they're 2 of 8 in their last 10, and Anthony Edwards has been absolutely on fire lately. So you either, A, got to root for them to start winning or root for them to start losing. <laughs> it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough one to, to crack there, but the Rockets have lost 18 straight after losing to the Warriors last night. 108 to 94. Uh, coming up a little later on in the show today, want to get to the Niners and just a quick update on Trent Williams because there uh, has literally just been a tweet from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network uh, explaining some more regarding the contract details. So I'd be, uh, I, if you're a 49er fan, I think you'd want to listen to that. Uh, and also, 
John Hollinger from The Athletic. <laughs> uh, he came out with an article this morning as I came in and I looked at it. There are eight NBA trade deadline trades that he wants to see happen that he projected would be a win-win for everybody. And as the trade deadline is coming up here on March 25th, he had one for the Golden State Warriors. It involves them getting a very, very good player, but there is a lot that could be surrounding this trade that he mocked up. So really, it's a mock trade, and I'll get to that in just a second. But last night, uh, before I get to Jordan Poole, because to me, that was the story uh, in last night's game. The Rockets are not a good team. They're not a good team. But the way that Jordan Poole has been performing, uh, I, I believe, at least on the court, that's something that we need to focus on. But before we get to that, we got the update before the game that James Wiseman and Eric Paschal would not be playing due to contact tracing. And Anthony Slater from The Athletic, of course, 95-7 The Game NBA insider, uh, Warriors insider, has gathered some information surrounding Wiseman and Pascal. And here's from Anthony Slater. A small group of Warriors employees had dinner together in recent days. That included three coaches on the developmental staff, a couple of front office staffers, and James Wiseman and Eric Pascal. Somebody from the group later tested positive for COVID. It wasn't Wiseman or Pascal, But due to the NBA's health and safety protocol, that forced everyone there into a seven-day contact tracing quarantine. So they're going to be out for the next three games. You got two coming up in Memphis against the Grizzlies, and you got one coming up against the Sixers in that span. And I will say that despite this just really unfortunate circumstance, for one, when I saw that dinner when I saw who was together, I mean, I wonder what their conversation was like. You know, when you got a dev- part of the three coaches in the developmental staff and a couple of front office staffers, I wonder what the conversations were that they were having. It's not like, you know, it's not like Pascal and Wiseman just decided to go to Atlanta to go to Magic City to get some chicken wings like Lou Williams. It wasn't anything like that, but it was... Basically, they were having a conversation with their coaches. And one of them, whoever it was, not Wiseman nor Pascal, one of them tested uh, positive for COVID. So uh, they're going to have to be in quarantine and they are out for at least the next three games. And this is tough because in the second half of the season, we already came out of the All-Star break after that Suns game thinking they're probably going to make some changes uh, to the starting lineup. Not even to the starting lineup, to the second unit as well. And we've seen those changes with Nico Mannion, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, and Eric Paschal mostly leading that second unit. And then you get a little mix of Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, whoever it may be. And this comes at a critical time where they're just starting to get their confidence up But as far as it goes with the playoffs and where the Warriors are at currently, 
They are currently the ninth seed in the Western Conference. They're 21-20 and 20 on the year. And it's a good thing they got this win over the Rockets. It, it really is. But they are 21-20. and 20, And the teams that are surrounding them right now, you got the Mavs, who are 21-18. and 18. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10. And I don't know if anyone saw them against the Clippers yesterday, but... Luka Doncic had a 40-point double-double. The dude's insane, and he just absolutely he single-handedly destroyed the Clippers yesterday. The Grizzlies, they're right behind the Warriors. They're 18-19 and 19 right now. And technically, with the Warriors being 21-20, and 20, they're really only one game back as far as winning percentage, which has to do with the seeding. So the Grizzlies, the Mavs, the Spurs, and the Pelicans, those are the ones who are surrounding the Warriors right now. And you also got the Thunder. And the Thunder are on a recent surge, too. But when I'm looking at the schedules here for every one of those teams around the Western Conference up until Wednesday, the Mavs have two against the Trailblazers, the Red Hot Mavericks. Now, they're in Portland. That's starting tomorrow. And then they got another one on Sunday. And then next Wednesday, they got one against the Timberwolves. It's very possible that the Mavs can go 3-0 and uh, on this little road trip that they're going on and make some gains in the Western Conference and become 24-18 and by that point. But you could also have the Blazers, who would turn out to be 23-18 and if the Mavs beat them twice. So the Blazers would go down in the standings. Right above the Mavs are the Spurs. The Spurs are 21-16 and 16 right now. The Warriors are two games back of the Spurs. Their next games coming up until Wednesday are the Cavs, the Bucks, the Hornets, and the Clippers. The Cavs, look, we don't know what type of team they are, but the Cavs were able to beat the Celtics yesterday. And I don't know if you saw Isaac Okoro, the young rookie, but man, he yammed it down yesterday. But the Cavs... Uh, you know, you never know if they can get a win against the Spurs. Then they got to face the Bucks, who ended up beating the Sixers in OT. You got the Hornets, who absolutely crawled against the Nuggets last night. And then you also got the Clippers. So the Spurs got a tough four-game stretch up until next Wednesday. Then we already mentioned the Blazers in their schedule. They got the next two coming up against the Mavs, and then they don't really play until Wednesday. The next game they got coming up after that is uh, is against the Heat. So, um, Or, excuse me, they got the Nets coming up on that Tuesday. And the Nets, even with James Harden just being the only player on the court, he's getting into that MVP conversation. So really... Out of all these games, and you know, it's it's hard to keep track of everything. And the Pelicans, they got the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and then uh, and then the uh, then the Nuggets again. But basically, what I'm getting at is these next two games against Memphis and this next one against the Sixers. It's not imperative for them to win all three, but they do need to go at least one and two until Wednesday in order for them, I think, to remain relevant within that play-in game for the Western Conference. Because all these other teams right now uh, around there, besides the Mavs, they don't necessarily have the easiest schedules. So ranging everywhere from six all the way down to 12 seeds in the Western Conference, uh, it could shake things up. But another guy who we don't know, and, and we still await um, a word on what's going to happen with Steph Curry. But yesterday, he bruised his tailbone in just the most unfortunate circumstance when he's falling out of bounds, and he fell right on the sideline where there's a there, there was some sort of 
I don't even know what to call it. Just something on the floor, in the way, and we don't really know what's going on with that. And he left the game, of course, uh, with a bruised tailbone, and and you know it's going to be a tough flight back. But we'll see what happens with Steph Curry, and we'll give you any updates. Around, of course, stick around here to ninety-five-seven. The game, if you want to wait on any updates. So, really, the whole point of what I'm trying to say here is when Wiseman and Pascal are out, at least until next Wednesday. Look, there's. At least until next Wednesday, there's at least some hope in that these other teams win the Western Conference that are around the caliber that they are. They got some tough schedules ahead, too. So, you know, it's not like it's the be-all, end-all for the season. And, you know, it's like if they miss these next few games, it's not like they're going to be out of the playoff race completely. But, of course, Pascal and Wiseman need to test uh, negative up until that point, and I have every um, I have every bit of faith that they will do so. From the 415, so frustrating. Wiseman missing games for any reasons. Uh, stop having group dinners. We're still in a pandemic. That is, you know, and, and that's something um, that is... Look, it's tough because it's a small group, right? And, you know... Guys didn't know they had it, and at this point, you know, with vaccinations coming along, you just you just never know. So I do think this is a good reminder, though, uh, to all of us uh, in real life and, you know, just all of us here in the real world that basketball and sports, they're still a real thing as well, <laughs> and it can happen to any of us. So that's what's going on right now uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Coming up next, I want to get to Jordan Poole and just – the tear that he's been having ever since the end of the All-Star break and him officially solidifying his spot within the second unit. Want to get to Jordan Poole, plus an interesting trade that John Hollinger has just mocked up this morning, and I'd be very interested to see how you feel about it as Warrior fans. 888-957-9570 is the text line to the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Thanks much for joining me, everyone. Steven Lightford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Curry will push, looking for early offense, terminates the dribble, throws over the top to Jordan Poole, who is wide open in front of the Warrior bench, and casually knocks down another three, and the lead is 15, 52-37. The morning roast continues. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. It's the issue with working two shows sometimes. You hit the wrong button. Purely my fault. Happens way too much. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I promise I'm a professional. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, real quick, let me just get this out the way before she, um, you know, absolutely kills me. Uh, but happy birthday to my girlfriend who requested that I do this. You're almost thirty. Is that the happy birthday you wanted? Is that okay? 888 is the text line. Hit the phone number if you want to weigh in. Oof. That's going to be a death sentence for me later on. Uh, coming up a little later on in the show, I do want to uh, get into Trent Williams' contract and the details that have surfaced this morning from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. And there is also a trade 
from John Hollinger. Now, it's essentially a mock trade. There's no rumors. There's nothing like that. But he created eight NBA deadline trades that he wants to see happen. That would be a win-win for everybody involved. And, of course, uh, John Hollinger, he's one of the more popular basketball people around. And, you know, he was the vice president of basketball operations for uh, the Grizzlies for seven years. He's had a lot of uh, experience within the NBA. And he also, I mean, if you go to ESPN and you look up the Hollinger statistics, that's the Hollinger we're talking about. He created eight deadline trades that he wants to see happen that would be a win-win for everybody involved and it involves the Golden State Warriors but I do want to get into Jordan Poole and what he's done as of late last night he was the leading scorer for the Warriors 23 points 6 of 11 shooting from 3 8 of 16 overall from the field and uh, he had a couple assists and a couple of steals and a rebound but What Jordan Poole and what we've seen from him, sure, there needs to be some work on defense, but I think that being in the G League for a year has absolutely just helped him out. And I don't know what it was. Last season, his confidence must have been shot. He was a young, you know, 20 year old kid coming in, essentially starting at the two guard spot being given the go-ahead to be aggressive, shoot threes, and as he continued to have games where, you know, he would miss more and more and wouldn't have a good shooting percentage, his confidence continued to knock. And, you know, even though he played in some games this season, going back down to the G League and working with Nico Mannion was a way to get his confidence up because even though it was against the Rockets, I I know what you're thinking. Like, Steven, it's against the Rockets. What are you talking about? But still, in these last few games, what he has been doing has been nothing short of impressive. And it's not just the fact that he is knocking down these shots. It's not just the fact that ever since that game against Phoenix, he's been averaging 19 points a game, shooting 45% from three and 54% overall from the field on 12 shots. So it's not just a it's not a fake 54% where it's like a center and he's just taking shots from, you know, within 4 feet. It's not like that. He's from, he's been taking shots all over. He's been attacking the rim, trying to draw fouls. He's been uh coming he's been moving off ball, trying to get the open look, and he's been shooting with confidence. There hasn't been much hesitation as far as what I've been seeing from Jordan Poole. Again, granted, I know it's the Rockets, but when you go against Phoenix, the Clippers, the Jazz, and then the Lakers, look, I think that he has been a breath of fresh air for the second unit, and he's added uh, another piece. Steve Kerr spoke yesterday about Poole's development uh, after the game. Here's Steve Kerr. Jordan was great. He's on a good run. I like his aggression. The thing that impresses me the most is just how quick his decision making has been there's no wasted motion you know last year his his rookie year and even in the early part of this season he'd catch the ball and hold it not much holding it now you know he's catching his catching the ball and making his move quickly or shooting quickly you know we we call it 0.5 basketball meaning point you know 0.5 seconds before uh, you know you make your your move 
it's really important in this game to to make a decision to dribble pass or shoot in that point five because it keeps the game flowing. And uh, I think you know Chris Weems and his staff did a great job with Jordan and Orlando, really emphasized that. And as we have all year, and I think he really felt it in Orlando, and that's carried over to his return. So all in all, when you think about Jordan's development, you know, coming out after his sophomore year, this is his second season. We're a year and a half into his career. It's been a pretty natural progression for his development. These days, we all want instant gratification, but it takes players time to get get comfortable in this league. And to me, he's looking very comfortable now. So it's exciting. And it's patience. Patience that we needed to preach with Poole. And it's the same thing with Wiseman. You know, we need to have patience with guys like that who are still incredibly young. And who knows? This isn't the ceiling that Jordan Poole has reached. Maybe he can turn into a a two-way player. But this is a... This is giving me, personally, when I'm watching him on the court, this is at least showing me that, hey, this guy is not just a, a – if he wasn't a reach within that first round. When he came out of Michigan and we knew that he was a, a confident scorer and we knew that he could be aggressive and that he could be the the lead guy on the team, um, and that was at Michigan – we expected that, you know, even though he didn't need to be a leader, of course, in the NBA, that some of that would carry over. And we didn't necessarily see it in his rookie season. But now with the comfortability with Nico Mannion um, and, and him just scoring the way that he's scoring again, averaging 19 points a game um, ever since that game against Phoenix, the one before the All-Star break when he came back in. Uh, I think that he has been a breath of fresh air. It's 19 points on 22 minutes. That's just, that's great. Uh, here's Draymond Green. Draymond Green with a triple double yesterday with the most, you know, Draymond type of triple double with, uh, with 16 points and 12 rebounds and 10 assists. Uh, that one, that one sequence where, you know, he, he got it. He was, they, they couldn't do anything against him on defense for one. And he was, uh, or excuse me, he was just stopping them defensively left and right. And there was one sequence where, I mean, he just completely got a stop and then went coast to coast. And they didn't even bother guarding the paint when he was going through. Uh, It looked like he was, uh, you know, by the time Steph was out, the most dominant player uh, on the court in that he was was the grown man. He was the veteran. But here's Draymond Green talking about what he has seen from the second-year man in Jordan Poole. It's confidence. It's all confidence. He's playing, shooting the ball with a lot of confidence. He's making quick decisions. And, you know, he seems to have just overall better, you know, and better positioning on defense. You know, and I, I, I talked to Chris Williams a few times when he was down there, and, and it kind of started off like, ah, I'm kind of trying to get him the things that, get him to do the things that Steve want to see him do. And that's all the other things is not scoring the basketball. You know, and then I talked to Williams a few days later, and he's like, ah, a little better. And then you talk to him a few days later, and he's like, man, you'd be really proud of Jordan. You know, he's doing all the right things. He's, you know, he's taking the coaching well and, and really learning. And it's showing, you know, since he's been back up and, and been inserted into the rotation. It's really showing. And, you know, as I've said before, I don't know many people that work harder than Jordan. And so to, to see him, you know, put the work in day after day, and now, you know, start to reap the rewards from that, you know, it's, it's good to see. So I don't know 
what the lineup is going to look like next year, the starting five. We hope it's going to look like Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and James Wiseman. But the second unit is still up in the air right now. You know, we started off going with, you know, Brad Wanamaker with a mix of Damian Lee and, you know, Kent Bazemore. Maybe you put in Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre in there. Then you also, I mean, now you have Wiseman going in there right now, but he wouldn't be in, he's expected to be in the starting five next year. But one thing is, uh, is becoming more and more certain. And, you know, if Poole continues on this run, I think next year, he is on his way, and, and I'm not saying he's at that point yet, but he is on his way to becoming the primary scorer for that second unit, you know, and, and experience is all you need, and it, it seems like he, uh, he, he gets the system, he understands it, and when a guy like Draymond Green, toward the end of that clip there, when a guy like Draymond Green says he doesn't see anybody work harder than this dude, then that's saying something. I mean, if Draymond Green is saying that, then you know you're doing something right and that you have a place on this team going forward uh, for the next few seasons when they're under contract and they're hoping to get back into championship contention. And, you know, Jordan Poole is one of those guys for me, um, you know, besides just wanting to see the Warriors in the playoffs in general, and even though, you know, it's looking like they could get a play-in spot, and, you know, if they do make the playoffs, then, you know, they could get a win in the first round, but might not get any farther than that. But I do want to see a guy like Jordan Poole get that experience in the playoffs, which he hasn't had yet, um, because, you know, getting drafted to the Warriors, I think he expected to in his rookie season coming off the bench, but then, you know, obviously the injuries happened, and and uh, he was put into the starting lineup, and they didn't get to the playoffs. So, Jordan Poole's one of those guys that I want to see get that experience. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. But coming up next, I'm going to get to this trade. This mock trade that was set up. It involves a few players from the Warriors. It involves some draft picks. But what they get in return, I think would intrigue some people. 888-957-9570. Stick around for that. Stephen Langford on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Yeah. Did anyone see... You know, I, I haven't even really talked about it, but... Because really, who cares? But I'm going to right now. Before I get to this uh, this mock trade put up by John Hollinger, which would be a win-win for everybody, I say in air quotes, and I think he has a very intriguing trade uh, for the Golden State Warriors that he'd like to see. And I wonder uh, if you would agree with him at 888-957-9570. That'll be coming up. But as I'm playing Anderson Pack here, did anyone see Silk City? In the Grammys, the little project, the group that him and Bruno Mars have come up with. It's like some old school 70s, like, but also modern R&B kind of group. I mean, 
those performances that they had, and you know, the Grammys overall, I thought were pretty good on Sunday. I I, I thought that Trevor Noah, even though he didn't have much of a crowd and whatever he did with Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion when he went up on the bed and was wondering what the thread count was on that giant fake bed. It was a little weird, but with the circumstances that were given and all the stages that he had to navigate, he had a much tougher job than just a regular hosting gig where you just awkwardly walk out onto the the stage when everyone's forgotten that you're there, make some sort of joke about the next person who was coming onto the stage, and then you just go back to your corner and, you know, maybe drink or something. Trevor Noah had a tough job. I thought he did really well. And overall, even though I, you know, disagree with some of the awards and the fact that Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist didn't get the uh, 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 the award for Best Rap Album. Instead, it went to Nas uh, King's Disease, and I love Nas, but um, Alfredo was far better, and I was mad about that. And, you know, there are a couple others where I was just scratching my head. However, I thought it was a very uh, cool awards show. But it was the headliner to me was Silk City with Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, And those two guys, you might as well just give them the Grammy now for next year. Just give it give it to them now. You know, why not? All right. So I want to get to this uh, this trade here because I do find this to be very intriguing. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Please, I would love for you to weigh in once you hear the details of this trade, and then following that, we'll get to a little football talk because um, we do have some updates regarding Trent Williams and his contract. And you know, I'm trying to sort through this myself because Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network gave the report as soon as uh, as soon as I got into the studio. And I saw it, and I just thought it came on right before the show. And, you know, I'm going to try, and you're essentially going to hear me uh, think out loud on the air uh, whatever I saw this. So I do think it's very interesting with these details. And also the NFC West making uh, a couple of moves and why I am intrigued overall by this football season for uh, the NFC West. And for the 650, it's Silk Sonic. My bad. What did I say? <laughs> oh, why did I do that? Man, can't believe I ruined the name. All right, so here are the trades, and let me just move on before anyone uh, anyone starts to call me out on that. Uh, but here are here's what I'm talking about. So John Hollinger, he's a guy who is very involved within uh, the NBA. Currently, he is uh, he's been ESPN's statistics guy, going deep in on analytics. He's a very fun follow on Twitter. He knows basketball. He watches basketball a ton. Uh, but he came out with an article, and this was barely an hour ago. And the title is Eight NBA Deadline Trades I Want to See Happen. That would be a win-win for everybody involved. So... Look, we can come up with our own mock trades. You know, say, hey, yeah, we can get this, we can get that, we can get this. But this dude is using actual information, and really it would be a win-win for everybody as opposed to what we do, which is just, yeah, hey, you know, give the Texans two first-rounders, two second-rounders, give them this player, give them that player, and then Deshaun Watson will be at 49er. You know, it's it's not like that. He actually used information and Data, data, however you pronounce it, to get these. And 
he closed it out with the Golden State Warriors, but first he went Gorgie Jang to the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, they're just not done getting anybody. Kyle Lowry to the Sixers. Kem Birch to the Denver Nuggets. Evan Fournier to the Atlanta Hawks. John Collins to the Charlotte Hornets, which would be very interesting. John Collins to the Hornets. Um, if you can get him along with LaMelo Ball now, they'd have to give up Devontae Graham, who's a, who's a good six man, and you also would have to give up uh, P.J. Washington as well. But John Collins and LaMelo Ball would be unbelievable to watch. Uh, Harrison Barnes to the Boston Celtics, which I could see happen. Uh, Victor Oladipo to the New York Knicks. So it's not Oladipo to the Warriors. But here's who he had to the Golden State Warriors. And you know what? I think this is worth it. I think it's worth a drum roll. To the Golden State Warriors, he has... Orlando Magic combo forward Aaron Gordon. What would you think of that? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is a text line in the phone number. Before you hear these terms, because there's so much that's being thrown around, this is a four team trade that Hollinger came up with. But I, I just would love to know from you. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Aaron Gordon, his fit on this Warriors team. Let's just pretend he's involved within the starting five. What would you think? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. He created a four-team trade here. So to the Magic would go Kelly Oubre and Brad Wanamaker. Kevon Looney would end up on the Thunder. And then Kent Bazemore would end up on the Blazers. And there is a ton of draft pick discussion. Did this from the 707. That drum roll sounded like static. Really? Really? It's that little end there on the snare. It kind of makes you think, ah, it sounds like a drum roll. Uh, but... There's a ton of draft picks involved with this. I mean, there's Golden State sends the 2022-2026 or 2027 first-round pick to Portland, uh, protected one through four in 2022 and 2026. Uh, But the primary thing would be that Kelly Oubre would be – this is what it primarily is saying. Kelly Oubre, Brad Wanamaker, and Kevon Looney – as well as Kent Bazemore, would be off the roster. The Warriors would receive Aaron Gordon and George Hill. Now, it has nothing to do with that draft pick that's top three protected from the Timberwolves this season. However, Golden State would remove protection from that 2021 first-round pick that it owes to Oklahoma City, that top 20 protected I mean, I mean, there's a chance that they might even, you know, I mean, fall out of that top 20. But they'd remove protection from that. But here's the thing. Aaron Gordon to the Warriors, to me, is very intriguing. Because next season, and this is how Aaron Gordon's contract works out before we, we go any further. He's owed $18 million this year. Next year, he's owed 16.4, 
which is very reasonable. And with Kelly Oubre this season um, and the other guys that they would trade away, the it, it would be able to work out uh, within the soft cap that the NBA has instilled, and it would work out for the Warriors. So the contract details all work out, and he would be owed $16.5 million next year, but then he'd be an unrestricted free agent the year after that in 2022. So that's really – that's where um, – in 2022, that's where the question is. But for me, Aaron Gordon, this year he's only played 20 games, right? He's been out um, with an ankle sprain for the past four to six weeks, and and really he's been questionable as of late to return. He's been practicing, and he injured it early uh, right at the beginning of February. But he's played in 20 games so far this season. He averaged 28 minutes a game but only averaged 13 points, uh, which is besides the first couple of seasons in the NBA uh, when he wasn't even uh, really a starter. Um, this is the least amount of points that he averaged. So uh, in the 2021 season, he only averaged 13.6. But here's the numbers. Here are the numbers that stick out to me. And this is something that I think could be very interesting moving forward. It's the rebounding. He hasn't averaged less than seven rebounds a game since 2017. And his assists have gone up. You wouldn't need him to be a scoring guy on this team. You would just need him to either play small small forward or power forward. I think that gives him a lot. I think that gives the Warriors and Steve Kerr a lot of flexibility with what they can do there. But not only that, it's what he can bring on defense. He's a good defender. He brings some size. And also, he can score the basketball whenever you want. I think that he would bring a different type of threat. And if you put Steph, Clay, you know, and possibly Andrew Wiggins coming off the bench, even, you could put Steph, Clay, Aaron Gordon, Draymond Green, and James Wiseman on the floor all at the same time. Or you can switch between Gordon and Wiggins coming off the bench, whoever it is. But I think that it would give Steve Kerr a lot of flexibility there, and it would give the Warriors uh, some much-needed size. And and look, Kent Bazemore, Brad Wanamaker, Kavon Looney. I don't know how much longer um, you know Kavon Looney is going to be on this roster. And you know he had a good game last night. It's not to take away from that. But just the way that he has been uh, moving as of late, you just feel like his minutes can be easily replaced. And Kelly Oubre, even though he has been great for the Warriors right now before the trade deadline on March 25th, his stock right now is pretty damn high and his value is there. So if you could get Aaron Gordon in that exchange and you could have him on the Warriors roster next season... I'm down to do it. And I understand what you're saying because we're getting a lot here at 888-957-9570. I think we're getting a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know if he can, I, I don't really, I don't like the fact that he's injury prone. Um, from the 415, actually, no, I'd keep the youth in, o, in Ubre. I'd rather trade Draymond and not give up a pick. Uh from the 415, Ubre and Aaron Gordon have a similar impact on the game. They're both athletic players that can stretch the floor vertically because of their athleticism. It would be a lateral move, but I will say this that Aaron Gordon um is not as inconsistent. 
and Aaron Gordon would be a better passer. I understand where you're coming from with the athleticism in the defense, but if you can get someone who is, you know, if you can get someone like that who can pass a big man, I think that'd be something that's very intriguing. Uh, from the 415, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Aaron Gordon, and James Wiseman, along with Kelly Oubre, but we don't know what Kelly Oubre's value is going to be next year, and they can't pay everybody. So it's just a tough situation there uh, with Oubre, as well as with Wiggins. Because everyone is saying trade Wiggins, trade Wiggins, trade Wiggins, but it's been made pretty clear that the only possible way that you can trade Andrew Wiggins is the fact that, look, they don't want his contract. You know, teams don't want to absorb the same exact contract as Joel Embiid, which is what Andrew Wiggins has. His max extension right now, that he, or his max extension that he got with the Timberwolves a few years back, it was the exact same. You, the, it all depends on the circumstances when they have max contracts. A lot goes into it. You know, how you perform, some awards that you get. There's so much that goes into it. But really, him and Joel Embiid were in the exact same circumstance, so they're making the exact same amount of money. No other teams would be willing to absorb that. And if another team were to, then you'd just be trading that contract away for something of lesser value, something that would put you more into the luxury tax, and it would just make you even worse as far as depth. So to me... I just don't see the Wiggins thing happening. I think that Wiggins overall is is you know he is who he is, and right now uh, we we've seen some good from Wiggins and we've seen some bad, and that's really what we're going to see going forward. Um, and we need to see Wiggins in the playoffs too, and what he can do there. Uh, but I see this as a very viable option, and if this does happen, I'm not saying this will happen. And if you just get into your car now, uh, getting into your car now, John Hollinger of the athletic created these mock trades that would be a win-win for everybody in that there's no change in the projected wins that they'd get if they do acquire this player um the warriors would acquire aaron gordon and they'd also acquire george hill from the 559 jeez man I'm not going to go that deep into it you already have draymond to pass the ball you'd only need I'm just going to say, you only need one wingman at the bar. Well, okay, that's a little different, though, 5'5'9". Five, five, this, exa- this, is, this is NBA basketball. <laughs> this isn't going to a bar post-pandemic when things open back up again and trying to, you know, get lucky. <laughs> this isn't the same thing. You can never have too many passers on the court, in my, opin- in, in my opinion. And the big thing is rebounding. He would help with that which is something they don't have right now. And if Wiseman can continue to improve, hopefully he is, you know, doesn't get hindered by what's happening right now. And, and I'll get to the latest updates uh, regarding uh, Wiseman, Pascal, as well as Steph Curry. But look, I just think that this would, if this happens, I'm not saying this will happen. You know, anything can lead up, leading up in these next seven days. You never know. There's going to be a bunch of reports. But this is just a trade I saw that, kind of intrigued me and there's a bunch of draft picks that are involved it's i mean when you got 2026 and 2027 being thrown into the mix i'm just like what is going on but i do think that aaron gordon would help this team next season 
at least, and then they could figure it out from there because the money absolutely uh, works out. So that's just something I wanted to bring up uh, before we get to what's going on with the 49ers and their contract situation. But um, the quick updates on Wiseman, Pascal, and Curry. Curry was out with what they dubbed a tailbone contusion after last night and you know we still have yet to await uh how long he'd be out if he will be out for any amount of time and before the game yesterday last night whatever it is five o'clock that's a tough one to to judge but (laughs) before that game it was uh it was reported that james wiseman and eric pascal would not be playing due to contact tracing and anthony slater of the athletic had it uh A small group of Warriors employees had dinner together in recent days, which included three coaches on the developmental staff, a couple of front office staffers, and Wiseman and Pascal. Somebody from that group later tested positive for COVID. It wasn't Wiseman nor Pascal. So they'll be out for at least the next seven days. That's till next Wednesday. And they got two in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Then they got one against the Sixers. And as far as, you know, how this affects the Warriors and, them being within playoff contention. I'm not going to go through all of it again, but if you go through the schedules of everyone that's surrounding them in 7 through 10 in the Western Conference, and you can even look at the Blazers as well, um, the only team that we really see making a jump most likely is the Mavs, who are 7-3 and in their last 10, had an excellent win last night over the Clippers. They seem to be red hot right now, but other than that, Everything seems to be up in the air between the Blazers, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans. I just worry about the development of Wiseman, you know, and him getting the reps. And I don't want this to knock his confidence because one thing we need from Wiseman is his confidence to be sky high. And we want him getting 20 plus minutes a game. So it just stinks um, that he's missing three games going into this season. And we'll see if him and Pascal uh, test negative going forward. So that's the update on him, uh, on them as well as Steph Curry. Uh, But we did get an interesting update here from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. Gave some updates on Trent Williams' contract. This is from Tom Pelissero. 49ers left tackle Trent Williams, his six-year, $138 million deal, is actually two deals. A three-year, $60.75 million deal to start and a three-year, $77 million option the club can exercise by April 1st of 2023. If exercised, Williams' 2023 pay becomes mostly guaranteed. He gets $32.4 million in year one. So two separate deals. Seems like they front-loaded the first of those three years in that contract uh, with the $32.4 million. So... That's an interesting thing, and you'll be getting um, you'll be getting him for pretty good value in that second year. Uh, he won't be just averaging twenty three mil a year for the next six years. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of different stuff involved. So instead of it being an entire six year deal, it's turned into two three year deals instead. And the second half of that three year deal uh, is going to be worth seventy seven point one or point seventy seven point three one million dollars. Um, in total. So you're going to be averaging what about 25, 26 a year. If you, uh, if you really go into it. So we'll see what happens in the next three years, but that's the details of his contract. Speaking of which with Alex Mack 
and Trent Williams on the 49ers. And by the way, Alex Mack signed to a $5 million deal. You got him for great value. With Rodney Hudson being the center for the Cardinals and Gabe Jackson becoming the guard for the Seahawks, the battle in the trenches in the NFC West is going to be fascinating this year. Because you got some good players on both sides of the ball. We already know who the Rams have. They got Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald as part of that 3-4 scheme that they run. You got the 49ers with Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw coming off the edge there. And then you got Eric Armstead as well. But then on the offensive line, you're going to have Rodney Hudson at center and Gabe Jackson with the Seahawks. And then you got Williams and Mack and McGlinchey. I mean, what's going on within the trenches this year in the NFC West? Uh, going to be fascinating to try and keep up with. But just to recap the show and and what we've been uh, what we've been going over so far, started out just the fact that look, even though Wiseman and Pascal are out for the next week, doesn't necessarily affect how the Warriors will be in the standings, and it's not like they'll be out of the playoffs right away um, after this after this three game stretch. It just sucks for Wiseman and Pascal as they uh, become more solidified in their roles in the second unit. We'll see if Jordan Poole continues his tear as he's averaging 19 points a game ever since coming back onto the roster against Phoenix that game before the All Star break. We'll see what happens with him. But this trade that was thrown out from John Hollinger where Oubre, Wanamaker, Kavon Looney, and Kent Bazemore all go elsewhere while the Warriors attain Aaron Gordon and George Hill. I will be very interested to see how that goes. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Uh, the Morning Roast is coming up next with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill. And I'm telling you, in what? 30, I'm trying to do my math here, in about 36 minutes at 6.35, they got a guy named Nick Costas on, who is the Radio.com betting insider. And with March Madness coming up, wait till you hear this dude and the way that he talks about betting, because it's incredibly entertaining and you're not going to find anyone who's more energized than that. He sounds exactly like who you, you'd expect doing this job. Minimal sweat, winning bet. Just wait till you hear Nick Cost is coming up at 635. Then they got Takeo Spikes coming up at 735. And then Wiseman Watch at 8 a.m. 888 March Madness starting up. I got I to gotta create my bracket. My bracket where I have no research, no real education on it. Just complete guessing. Got to set that up, but don't miss that coming up here at 635. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. The Morning Roast with Kate Scott, Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill. Coming up next.